Welcome to the Motoring Podcast, your weekly discussion of motoring news. This is episode 352 on Tuesday, the 8th of September, 2020. Hello, I'm Alan. Hello, I'm Andrew. And whilst we quietly hum happy birthday in our own minds, we'll be apologising for not reading words properly. We'll talk about an even more sensational Gate story. And we see what else car manufacturers can make. But first of all, I have to apologise with some follow-up. Last week we talked about how the Nissan dealers were making uh, mock-ups and trialling the green licence plates. And we were curious as to why it was only Nissan and why was it trialling when it was coming out anyway in a few months. Turns out that these were in fact just mock-ups of how it probably will look when it does come out fitted to uh, Nissan Leafs. So what it was was a fantastic bit of marketing by Nissan that we all leapt up and down and didn't read the report on properly. Uh, So rather shamefaced and pie of humbleness has been eaten, etc. after I mocked people for not paying attention to words in press releases. So apologies, everybody. We were sort of right. Yeah. That's all I can say to that, really. Yes, Let, let's move on to uh, to the start of the month. Well, it is. Well, it is just past the start of the month. And, of course, that means that it's time for the SMMT and new car registrations for August, in this case. They are down at the minute by 5.8% year-on-year, so that's 5.8% fewer new registrations this year than in 2019. It's... <sighs> Uh, to be honest, I'm not hugely surprised. No. Big month last month for people who really needed cars. And quite frankly, if you've been waiting almost six months for a new car or for a car, then um, you're going to wait until you get the nice, shiny new registration plate at the start of September. Yep. So that August was a bit down. Not hugely surprised that it was only down 5.8% isn't bad at all. So the total number of registrations were 87,226, of which just over 49,000 were petrol, just over 14,000 were diesel, and only fractionally less than diesel. And by that, I mean (laughs) 240-something were battery electric vehicle, plug-in hybrid electric vehicle, or hybrid or hybrid electric vehicles. Uh, mild hybrids came in at another 9,500. Uh, Bev, Fev, and Hev is up 74.2%. They now make up 16% of the new, 16.1% of the new car registration market. And uh, diesel makes up 16.4%. Yep. Private fleet and business. Private's just down 1.7%. Fleet and business. Uh, fleet is down 5.5% and business is down 57.6%. That's down 5% overall with very few business sales, Yeah, which isn't bad in the least. Uh, just for the record, battery electric vehicles now make up th- uh, 6.4% of the market share for the whole of 2020, which is quite a signal. That's well over double last year. Yeah, yeah, that's encouraging, isn't it? Top 10s? Mm-hmm. Big showing for Ford, by the way. Four out of the top ten most registered vehicles are Fords uh, this month. So see if you can guess what came where. 
Play along at home, everyone. <laughs> so number 10 is the Kia Nero with 1,417 registrations. Number nine is the Ford Cougar, 1,434. Number eight, the Volkswagen Polo, 1,466. You can see just how tight these numbers are these days. Basically, the, purely, I'm sure, because of the vast numbers of models that are actually available out there. Seventh is the Tiguan, sixth is the A-Class, and then it's a bit of a jump to fifth, the Vauxhall Corsa with 2,081. Uh, fourth, the Puma with 2,128. Third, the Focus with 2,391. Second is the Volkswagen Golf with 2,570. And first is the Ford Fiesta with 3,372. bit more like the normal spread getting there yeah 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 getting there uh spreadsheet of doom what was it you were saying earlier on whilst i was concentrating on other things either people have done very well or very badly and the rest have generally been almost the same as they were last year so there's quite a few that have done okay a lot more have done badly and then the rest are sort of where they were ish within our parameters mm -hmm. generally we're not going to go through all the reds though because there's quite a lot there, no we? we'll go through the we'll go through the green i'll run through the greens quickly just to say who is the positives yeah. that's our baths up 23 percent nearly 24 percent fiat had a good month up 22 percent kia and land rover were both up 21 percent mg another cracking month for mg 52 percent and now that's proper growth as opposed to we weren't here before and now we've we've posted some good numbers so uh, that well done to them uh, Renault had a stonking month for them up nearly 50% Skoda were up just under 29% they are the ones that stood out as doing well mm -hmm. i think the figures for this month when they come out are going to be interesting ones to base some sort of decent analysis on. I think this month, a bit of a bit of a weird glitchy one, and there's not a lot we can say about yeah, it. Yeah, September's always a strong one, though, so I'm not sure. I think it, I think we need to get more towards October, November for any trends to start showing there. Mm -hmm. Right, let's move on to some good news. If you happen to use or occasionally use an electric vehicle and you wish to charge it on the public charging networks any of them and that is that zap map who are our preferred charging location map of choice i think is the way to put it mm -hmm. they're the one that we used for charging around britain and they're the one that we recommend whenever uh, somebody uh, gets in touch with us and asks about these things yeah so we have a soft spot for them anyway yeah i remember making a suggestion to the, or pointing out a flaw that they had with their map that no one else had been insane enough to push and then they'd fixed it in the next update so that was really really excellent to see how quickly they reacted to things but what they've done is they have created something called zap pay they are as imaginative as us with naming and yeah. <laughs> so we congratulate them on that as well but what it is is you will be able to use their service zap pay to uh, go to one place to pay for whatever charging network uh, you are in front of as long as they're you know they're part of one of this this services they're starting out with Engini mm -hmm. uh, and their rapid charging network but i would imagine that others will be jumping on board with this quickly uh, it, this is something that everyone who has anything to do with any uh, electric vehicle usage has said 
we need. We just need some simple system for anyone to be able to use at any time. Just quickly, it's worth mentioning it because otherwise, otherwise it will be mentioned, is that by the end of the year, all of the UK's rapid chargers should accept a contactless payment anyhow. Yeah, that's part of the rules, isn't it? It is part of the rules, yes. Yeah. yeah. And this will be useful probably if you're using somebody else's car or if you don't happen to have a card with you or for fleet use. Yeah. As well as another time I can see this this being useful where you need one credit card across many different accounts and you don't want people to physically have the card. So that's where I can see these kind of things coming in being particularly useful. Electric hire cars as well, you know, the electric firm, uh, hire yeah. firms, if th- that will be really handy for them. Right. Fuel prices, speaking of which, <laughs> they are they're rising slightly. Yes. They've average fuel prices have risen for the third successive month in, in August. Petrol has gone up half a penny and diesel has risen up by 0.3 pence. That said, both fuels still significantly cheaper than they were at the end of January, about 13 pence per litre. It's thought for the moment, and this is this story is via Motoring Research, uh, and they're quoting the RAC Fuel Watch spokesman, uh, Simon Williams, who's saying that they'd feared that prices might rise very quickly. They're expecting it to be much longer before the prices return to, to pre-pandemic levels. Some other things, uh, motorway fuel prices are now only 10 pence a litre higher than the UK average, so you're only being minorly reamed. <laughs> Compared to 20p a litre difference in January, which is just a little bit crazy. By the way, that current price is 5p a litre lower than the average over the past uh, five years anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, let's let's see what happens with that. Uh, amazingly, we are – normally, we're more expensive, but we're actually lower than the national average around our way yeah, at the moment, wow. which I'm very happy about. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, well, I'm I'm normally lower than the national average, so that's it's it's still pretty decent right at the minute. Yeah, that's an interesting one. Stuff's not as uh... well. Considering August was a holiday month, and a lot of people were having their holiday in the UK, and that is not a staycation. Everyone, staycation is if you stay in your own address. You stayed, you holidayed in Britain. Good God, mm-hmm. not that that gets me going at all. No, I can tell. Oh, it's so silly. So it's very it's it's snobbery is what it is actually. <laughs> it's, well, if you oh, if yeah. you holiday, you must do it abroad. Otherwise, you're not holidaying. It's ridiculous. But typically, August the price goes up anyway because they know more people are on the roads, and even more so this year because less people were, or fewer people were flying abroad. So they were holidaying in this country. So I I really expected the price to rocket myself, uh, and it didn't, which was which was excellent to see. Yes, agreed. Totally agree. Right. I am going to take us to uh, the next part of the series of thanks to EU's emission regulations, we lose yet another car. And this time we're turning to Skoda's Kodiak VRS. Now that is going to be essentially temporarily removed from sale because it's going to get a new engine next year and it'll have a mild midlife facelift. And with the new engine being inserted is all part of that. And it'll come back apparently in 2021. Again, just as a reminder, the fleet average CO2 has to drop. Otherwise, they get charged quite a hefty amount, the car manufacturer. Mm -hmm. 
per gram of CO2 over the limit times by the number of cars they've sold and that sort of thing. Yes. So it's it's yes. it's a bit of a calculation, but what it essentially means is car manufacturers are going to be stitched right up, so they are dropping certain models. I fully expect there to be plenty more that are dropped between now and the end of the year. Yeah, because you're a little ray of sunshine. I am. I am. Everybody knows I'm all about the uh, the positives. But one vehicle which is possibly getting around this is the Suzuki Jimny. Mm. Suzuki Jimny is going to be uh, available again in limited numbers in the UK, but as a commercial vehicle. Uh, so it's only going to be two-seater. It's going to be, I would imagine, a van of some sort. Uh, although it might be possible to to spec various extras and and uh, and to to spec things like back windows perhaps, and then I'm sure there'll be a burgeoning aftermarket in rear seats. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> the thing is that I I was explaining. I think I was I was saying earlier on. My parents did this. Well, it was a dereg car. Gives you an idea of how long ago it was on an SJ410. The SJ410 we had when I was small was actually a commercial SJ410 soft top, Mm -hmm. uh, but it had optional rear seats and seatbelts and a hard top, you know, a put on canopy, which was um, with windows. Mm -hmm. But it was bought as a commercial one because that was, I don't know, a cheaper way of doing it. I think you missed out on the clock or something. (laughs) No, I'm curious to how many owners of the Jimny actually use their back seats anyway. Well, that's it. Uh, I've told you before that there's, uh, and I've seen another one now locally, and both of them have their back seats folded flat. It's basically Mm -hmm. a two-seater raised up car for these people. That's probably how I would have it anyway. But it's good that there is a a way around it. Of course, we have to remember as well that uh, Suzuki is uh, teaming up with Toyota to take advantage of Toyota's hybrid technology. So there will be vehicles coming out from that partnership, which will bring down the average CO2, talking of uh, Mm -hmm. what we were before, which will hopefully mean that the previous passenger Jimny (laughs) can come back to the UK. Yeah, it's possible. So that's the, of course, the one you're talking about there is the Suzuki Across, which is going to be available in a hybrid and plug-in hybrid versions and will essentially be a re-bumpered and rebadged RAV4. Yep. So hopefully that'll be a car that that finds favour with buyers. Yeah, absolutely. One last bit, and that's uh, production of the Qashqai uh, has been pushed back a few months until the middle of 2021. This is according to the Financial Times. Supposedly, this production was originally meant to start in October, but naturally, COVID has has delayed that. And then there's probably a little bit more of a delay about uh, whether or not, depending on what the deal is with the EU uh, for for the the sort of Brexit talks, yeah, which as of today are not going wonderfully well. I think that's pretty fair to say. <laughs> challenging. It's a definitely been some challenging announcements today. So we'll see what happens. Hopefully that will come through, and supposedly that production will begin sometime after April twenty twenty one. Current version has been on sale to, since twenty fourteen, so that'll have been seven years. Yeah. Certainly earned the name Cash Cow. Certainly has. Yep. Right, that's the end of the first part. Just about stumbled through that. 
Well, to celebrate both the 350th episode this time, our last week, uh, and of course the fact that this week is our fifth year anniversary of uh, record, it's the recording anniversary, isn't publishing. it? Publishing. Fifth year. Oh, no, this is a publishing anniversary. The fifth year anniversary of, of the first motoring podcast being released on you, the unsuspecting public. Uh, then we have a competition. And we don't just have one prize, we have two prizes. The winner of competition will be the happy recipient of a Lego McLaren 720S from the Speed Champions range. This kit is suitable for ages 7 to 14, mental ages, and includes McLaren designer stroke racing driver minifigure. The race-ready, buildable McLaren 720S features a minifigure cockpit, wheels with rubber tyres, and authentic details. The design studio has a desk and assorted elements, including a lamp, coffee mug, original design sketch, and printed 3D miniature version of the McLaren 720S. Also included is a race driver's helmet accessory element, and this allows you to role-play as a McLaren supercar designer and racing driver, because supercar designs and racing drivers are always one and the same. I, I just love that it comes with a... I just love that a coffee mug is an essential part of the design studio. It's actually a red wine glass. The runner-up will receive a copy of James Ruppert's new book, Bangonomics Rebooted, in which the wizard of used car buying compares and contrasts buying a new car with running a used one and how you should go about beating the depreciation system and enjoying no-nonsense motoring in the new millennium. Massive thanks, before we go any further, to Phil Huff, who's at Front Seat Phil on Twitter, and of course James, who's at Bangonomics, uh, for donating the prizes. Yes. Question is... How many pieces are there in the McLaren 720S Speed Champions Lego set? In my finest Jimmy Young voice, I will read that out again. How many pieces are there in the McLaren 720S Speed Champions Lego set? Now, the answers have to reach us via the contact form with the subject line competition by 1 p.m. British summertime next tuesday the 15th of september we will be announcing the winners on the next recording so we need the answers by 1 p.m british summertime on tuesday the 15th of september please don't leave it to the last minute no don't i might miss it yes no don't no don't because that then enables technology to interfere with things as we've learned tonight oh yeah yeah <laughs> Five years of this, and we both had to completely restart our computers before we could actually record. Yeah. A huge thanks to Phil and James. Yeah, absolutely. Once again. That's much appreciated. That was totally off their own bat. We weren't pushing for it in any way. We didn't go round with a our hat of beggingness to anyone that they, they offered, which was brilliant. I think we made the mistake of making a joke out of it. Yes. Well, not a mistake, because people have benefited. They have. We've got loads of uh, loads of entries as well, by the way. So somebody is going to win these. <laughs> no, thank you everyone who's entered so far and please uh, the rest of you get on with it. Yep. Right. I'm going to take us to WRC Estonia, which has finally happened after what seems like Land Rover-esque length of leading to an event. And we have to, we have to remember as well, this is Estonia's first WRC event. However, watching a bit of the highlights and reading the reports that I have on Dirtfish, it did not feel like a first-time event. It felt like it was just part of the 
part of the calendar. Maybe the massive gap between events helped with that. Just desperate for something. Well, yeah, yeah. but it, it just seemed to go really well. The the rally seemed to be great, uh, not for some drivers, but it seemed to be as a spectacle was excellent for us at home. Uh, but Octanic won for Hyundai, but more importantly, being Estonian, he won in his home event, much to his relief. Craig Breen, who was also driving for Hyundai, came in second. Uh, he was he ended up being 22.2 seconds behind Tanek. And then he was ahead of Toyota's Sebastian Ogier, who was trying really hard to get into second. So Breen had mm-hmm. an absolute stormer of a rally. Others didn't do so good. I mean, the rest of the Toyota team struggled, M Sports struggled, and also adding on top of that, Thierry Nouvelle, he also struggled with ripping off the back end with the back right wheel. So he all he could do was just take take as much points as he could from special stages, but he was in third when that happened. So some people had used their time off better than others. And it from mm. from the reports and the coverage, it appears that Hyundai had done their homework better and yeah i mean tanik himself made a big point of saying because people were trying to say well you know you've done a fantastic you said well oh, i was just driving it if it wasn't for the team wouldn't have been anywhere near there so uh it sounds like a great effort in very strange circumstances with people having to be separated and not because what what happened at yeah. the race is there was two groups of people involved in the rally. There was the low-density people who were allowed to go on the stages and interview drivers and watch things, or there was the high-density, which had to stay in the service park. And the two groups weren't allowed to cross-pollinate. So um, the low-density journalists weren't allowed to go into the service areas, and the service area people Mm -hmm. couldn't come out of their little bubble as well, um, just as an extra thing. And it seems to have worked because... You know, it it's completed and everybody got through it. So, so you were saying about some some teams not being as well prepared as others. Toyota didn't feel that they'd prepared properly, and Tommy Mackinnon basically said that. And he reckons that they tested on roads which were too fast and that didn't actually bear a resemblance to the conditions that there were out on them out on the track. So that's what they feel was was they they felt that they he felt that they hadn't done the best job of setting up their cars because they'd set it up for the wrong thing yeah uh, not as any fault whatsoever of the drivers just when you said that the other drivers were were were, uh, were struggling a bit yeah. uh, still Ogier and Evans are top of the championship standing both the both Toyota drivers obviously followed by Otanak and then uh, Robin Perra uh, again for for Toyota in in fourth there and then after that there's a bit of a gap but it's all nice and close up at the top well the next rally I believe is Turkey which Toyota have done mm-hmm. a lot of testing on and they are I know Ogier he's very good at presenting um, a face to the to the media but he seemed particularly bullish about how he expected them to do much better in turkey because they they have mm-hmm. done a lot of work with that place in mind so it, it again can't wait to see more rallying so uh, looking forward to looking forward to the next round mm-hmm. right i'm going to move us on because this weekend would have been the goodwood revival weekend and of course, like so many other events across uh, the country, it's been postponed to 2021. However, Goodwood have taken the step of saying, we're not going to be quiet this weekend. So they are going to be live streaming 
the Revival Greats stream from Friday through to Sunday evening. Um, what they're going to do is their favourite moments from the recorded history of of the Revival. It's going to be Friday afternoon starting and moving through, so I would imagine we're going to see some glorious racing, some some fantastic weather, because remember there's been a couple of races where the sunset has been absolutely magical while the you know the the ferrari bread van's been going around being chased by various cars and stuff so uh, i I can't wait to watch that again uh, i must admit even though they have been very good at putting streams on this year i think Mm -hmm. this this weekend should be a special one so that should that should be uh that should be excellent so if you want to find out what's on and when if you click through the link on the show notes it'll take you to the goodwood road and racing article which also has a link to uh, the full timetable goodwood remember is still holding speed week this year from the 16th to the 18th of october uh, in a way to try and help with that it is spectator free but it will they will be streaming it and of course we'll remind you of that closer to the time yeah yeah i think they've announced they've got dermot o'leary as dermot o'leary and uh yeah it's just here uh dermot o'leary and rory reed and sean welby and uh, Mark Webber. Excellent. Okay, should be interesting. I don't, could you tell that was just off the top of my head, not because I happened to have that open on my screen at the time. No, I, obviously, obviously, this is how good we are now. <laughs> Speaking of good, by the way, this week's lunchtime read. If there is only one thing you click on, a one takeaway from the whole of this this particular show, it's that you should read this because it is it is an absolute belter. Mm. It's from Bloomberg, so you will use your, lose your one article a month. But it is it is so worth it. It's on Bloomberg. It's by Reed Stevenson. It's all about Harry Nader that we talked about last week and basically tearing apart Nissan. Uh, it makes... Uh, it makes Game of Thrones look like Midsummer Murders. Yes. All right. <laughs> it is. It's. I mean, I've just I've just finished reading an, uh, one of the classic John le Carre spy novels. It's on that level. It is. It is just mad, but brilliantly written. Uh, but don't forget one in one section. Not going to talk about most of this, but in one section, it goes through the pen test that we were talking about last week. Mm. Do not forget. Mm-hmm. Yeah how pen tests are done is that as few people as possible know about it, including CEOs, including IT departments, because often they are testing those people and those departments for their readiness. Yeah. So don't so, read too much into that section. And until mm-hmm. I, I won't, uh, until there is evidence that Nada has used, has used that access at all, let alone used it for nefarious purposes. Yeah. Yes, it's it's quite quite something. It is is a stunning read, and yeah, if it's true, some people have been absolutely shockingly treated. Yeah, 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 totally agree. Right, right. Shall take us to something a little less contentious, and that's our list of the week. (laughs) And that honestly, lunchtime read. Well, I read it earlier on, and it was just like I had to reread large chunks of it going no that can't be right he didn't say that <laughs> yeah it is it is uh, amazing it it is genuine i was genuinely uh, dropping my jaw in 
moments of that. So you really, as Alan says, please do go read that. Uh, and thank you to Damien Scully for throwing that my way because that was uh, a brilliant recommendation. Right, uh, list of the week. Going completely off topic now. 24 magnificently random things made by car makers. <laughs> And this is, this is crazy, but in a in a fun way this time. <laughs> well, not always. I've had no, oh, not all of them. Well, fun <laughs> as in because then they are so off the reservation as far as what they these companies normally do. Hmm. So, have Alan of the twenty four. Is there any that particularly leap out at you? Not saying that you prefer, but that leap out at you. <laughs> There's lots. I knew most of them. Uh, I'm yes. Sorry. The problem here, by the way, isn't that I haven't seen any of them. It's that I'm trying to work out which is the which is the one I I really would would choose. Um, uh, I'm going to choose the egregious EDS uh, electronics data systems, which I hadn't realised was part of GM for a while before being independent and just terrible and then being bought up by Hewlett-Packard and then not being much better, to be honest. <laughs> uh, the one that I was surprised at was the development of Sidewinder missiles. <laughs> that one, when I went through the I list... I almost chose that. I went through the list. I was going along going, oh, okay. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Satellite dish, hotel. Oh, yeah. What? Hang on. No, that's a misprint. Surely is this an autocar slideshow? It's just messed up for me. No, no, it hasn't. <laughs> that was uh, quite far off the reservation as far as automotive industry goes. Yes, I've been to the hotel, by the way. You have, have you? Yes, yes. Day of Civilization. Yes, yes, it was quite cool. It, it is a fun list, though, apart from the mass destruction type bits. <laughs> <laughs> just mass destruction everybody loves everybody loves mass destruction uh, welcome right. to the, the god of war week. edition of motoring podcast <laughs> the way i'm feeling tonight yeah uh yeah uh, slightly at a tangent really to anything we normally do but it, it sort of almost vaguely ties in with that list of the week mm -hmm. and that's this this story from agnet which is one of the one of the more out there publications that at least one of us keeps an eye on, <laughs> and that that is that uh, JCB have have restored uh, one of the very first vehicles for for one of the sort of family companies that has used their machines and continues to use their machines for a very long time. Uh, so they have rebuilt a i've lost it now so jcb1 backhoe mm -hmm. uh, that belongs to eric carnaby and son they sort of kept it all hush hush and away from from sort of some of the the senior family members from the carnaby uh family so they didn't know it was going to happen uh until they, they went they just happened to go back to find that this what had been sitting in the corner of the yard for a long time always being meant to be refurbished uh, was actually back uh, shiny and at least as good as new. Mm. 61 years, there we go. 61 years the two businesses have worked together and stuff. Uh, on stuff, yep. pardon me. And have purchased from uh, work together. So uh, the, it, plant companies do this every now and again, by the way. Uh, and quite often they take them in as uh, 
as projects for apprentices mm. because uh well now volvo uh terex up in bathgate they rebuilt a, a classic terex dumper truck in a similar way um from just a rusted heap to to as good as new if not better um so it's really cool because because you get great things being redone and rebuilt and uh and and restored uh, it makes people very very happy and and as well as that the same skills are being passed on yeah no i, I like that story that's a, that's a nice one mm-hmm. nice feel good story yes uh that is pretty much us for this week mm-hmm. i think yep what is there to say you zoom zoomed Zoom zoomed last night. Now it goes to every first Monday of every month, okay. by the way, rather than it being every week. So yes, did that last night. Uh, so that is that is out on YouTube. Link is in the show notes. Thank you. Uh, special edition came out last Friday, which was about the Cor- Corolla Touring Sports. Listen to a boring person speak for fifty-three minutes about a Toyota Corolla. It wasn't a boring person. <laughs> I listened back to it the other day, and, and actually I thought, oh, that was quite a good one, actually. Yes. Uh, and I know self-praise is no honor, but there we go. Next thing up is a reminder that the Revs event is this coming weekend. Remember we talked about it last week, uh, Alec Gompertz, uh, Alex Gompertz and, and others are putting on. Yep. So that should be cool to see. Uh, last thing is thank you all very much for supporting us, listening, joining in, telling us what you think for the past five years. Yep. Um, whether you're a listener, whether you're a, uh, whether you are uh, in the trade, uh, a, a proper journalist, uh, a PR, uh, any of these folks, listeners, patrons, of course, goes go without saying. Just uh, thank you so much. Um, we love doing this. Believe it or not, despite the sweary bit, <laughs> when stuff's not going right, which don't make it to the final edit. We love doing this. It gives us fantastic opportunities. And thank you. Yes, thank you very thank much. Thank you, Andrew, for putting up with me and doing pretty much all the edits. What you guys don't realize is that uh, Andrew does quite a lot of work before the show. He then speaks during the show, and then he does more work after the show. Okay, so for one of these to come out at what? about 40 minutes or so maybe a little bit less um there is always he's already put in an hour or so's work before and we'll put in an hour and a half maybe two hours worth of work afterwards don't let that color the size of your patron contribution (laughs) (laughs) but uh so so yeah so so there is so thank you no thank you yeah Yes, I know you've been nice to me, and I will be nice back to you. But no, thank you very much for continuing to come on here and chat with me about cars and associated stuff and everything else that the public doesn't see that goes via our Slack channels where I get all aerated about things. Basically, I just tell them to stop being an arse, everyone. That's all it takes. It's worked well over five years. (laughs) I know, yeah, basically. Anyhow, enough of that, because I feel dirty no uh don't forget everyone that between now and next week you can give us any feedback share your thoughts to show at motoring podcast on twitter and instagram on facebook and on the contact page of motoringpodcast.com the hub of all our activities uh please don't forget about our patron uh which is available at motoringpodcast.com uh and please leave a review or rating on apple podcasts or however your podcast app lets you do such a thing 
Andrew, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Best way to get in touch with me is via Twitter. If you search for Crack Windscreen, you should find me there. And Alan, if people would like to get in touch with you personally, what is the best way for them to do that? Twitter as well, where I'm at AJP Bradley. That's B-I-A-D-L-E-Y. As I said, we'll be back very soon. But until then, I've been Alan Bradley. I've been Andrew Clues. And safe motoring.